Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, today is, is a very interesting day because we're in this series we're calling Wiser. I don't know, but I, you know, I've asked you to read through the book of Proverbs with me through the month of October, and I'm actually going through it the second time myself because I'm a little slow. You know, I, I need, I want all the wisdom that I can get, especially at this stage in my life. And so we've been studying the book of Proverbs, and today we're going to continue that, uh, studying the book, of, uh, talking out of the book of Proverbs. Remember, Proverbs was written by the wisest man that ever lived. His name was Solomon. Matter of fact, King David, a little boy with the, well, little boy that uh, killed Goliath, David and Goliath, grew up to be king, and he had a son. His name is Solomon. And Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. Now, I want to ask you a question here before we go any further. Is that how many of you have ever had arguments or disagreement with anyone, including parents, including uh, uh, employer or employee, including spouse, including children, about money? Anybody besides me? Okay, let me see your hands. All right. There's a third of us. The rest of you have never had a money issue. No, money fights. Wow, I, can't, I didn't know you could even live without that once you got above 12 years old, you know. Uh, I think that we all have had those issues in our lives. And today, you know, uh, as you look on your outline, we're going to talk about managing my money. I talk about this about every eight to ten weeks here at SEC uh, because it's such an issue uh, in our culture. And the Bible, listen, the Bible... The, Jesus talked more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined because it was so much such a great part of our lives And so today as we begin to talk about this I want to tell you why I'm so passionate about it Number one is because Rhonda and I jacked this up for so long in our lives You know we tell we talk about the difference between wisdom and great wisdom here Wisdom is things that you you learn after you go through something. Okay. You say okay Well, I went through that and I've done that. I don't want to do that again that's wisdom. But great wisdom is this, is learning from somebody else's mistakes so you don't have to do it. And so many in this room today, I want you to learn from Rhonda and I and, and a lot of other people that are in this church as well. We've experienced this. But another reason I'm so passionate about this is because the number one reason that families break up at all phases of life I'm not talking about just when you're 20, year old, 20 years old or, or you're 30 years old or 40 or 50. I'm talking about at all phases of life, it's because of money. It is the number one reason that families break up. It's the number one reason that businesses break up, business partners break up. It's the number one reason that friends break up. You know, you got a great friend until you loan them money, right? Come on, somebody. You know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, because money's involved, as soon as you put money in the, in the uh, equations, you got a problem, right? And so today, we, we have to talk about this. 
And we will continue to talk about it because, let me tell you something, once you get a, once you, you get a hold of money instead of money having a hold of you, then guess what? You have freedom. And so my goal today is this. This is my goal. My goal today is this. Is like, have you ever heard that expression that you, you, you feel like you're under such stress that it feels like a, a truck is on your shoulders? You ever heard that expression like a truck or something is on your shoulders? It's like, okay, you know, when that relieved, it felt like something just rolled off my shoulders. That's called pressure, stress. Today, my goal is this, is that you are feeling stressed, but my, it's like you're feeling pressed down. And today, my goal is this, is to teach you principles today to relieve some of that stress. Because here's, the, here's what I, I, I found out. You can't do better, be better until you know better. And I am determined, because I, I'm going to stand before Almighty God for what I've taught you all these years. I'm going to stand before God. And as I stand before God, I want to look at him right in the eye and all of his holiness and say, God, I did my very best not to just make people feel good, but help them to get better. Amen? Amen. And so that's the kind of why I want to share this with you today. Now, not only was Solomon the wisest man to ever live, but the Bible says that Solomon was the wealthiest man that ever lived. And so I, he, that's got my attention too. I want to learn from this. And so today I want to talk to you and give you Four things that I do believe, that I know, listen, from experience, I know will help you. Now, if you've got all this down, I mean, like if you say, okay, like, I, got, I got no issues with money, none at all, then I expect you to take notes today to be able to pass it on to the next generation. You cannot keep your wisdom to yourself. And by the way, if you got more than you know what to do with, come and see me afterwards. I can help you with that. Hallelujah. A man told me that one time. He said, Jeff, I think you can help me spend my money better than me. And I was so dumb and so trying to be so false of, with false humility. He said, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I wish that man come back and talk to me again. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We're going to build something for God's kingdom. Number one is this. Will you write this down? The first thing is this, is plan your spending. Okay? This is going to sound very... It's going to sound so simple that you might miss it. You might try to miss it. But if you'll tune in with me, it will help you. It will help you. This is the principle of what we call budgeting. It's not my idea. It's God's idea. And it's written in again with the wisest man who ever lived in Proverbs. Look what he says. Proverbs 21 and 5. It says this. Plan carefully and you will have what? Plenty. If you plan carefully, you will have plenty, he says. If you act too quickly, you will never have what? Amen. If you, if you act too quickly, you'll never have... You see, financial freedom is never determined about how much money we make. It's always determined about with how much money we spend. Everybody in this room probably has more than enough income. It's just a problem with the outgo. <laughs> It's, it's what we do. I mean, it's, it's our culture today. And so we have to say, we've got to figure this thing out. And, as a, and let me just say this to you again. A budget is telling your money where to go. A budget, a budget does not tell you what you can't do. A budget tells you what you can do. It's the positive. And I know this got a false, uh, it's gotten a bad rap. There is no way that you can actually understand finances until you actually write them down. I find out in our culture today, there is a huge fear 
People are afraid to write down what they owe. It's like if they, if they write it, it's like they want to live in this mystery world. They don't, want to, they don't want to admit, okay, we owe all of these things. Let me tell you something. Until you get it on the page, you will never know what you owe. You have to, you have to begin to get it down. And this is what I found out. Listen, writing it down on a piece of paper, here's what I, you know, your thoughts become clear when they pass through your lips and your fingertips. When you write it down on a piece of paper, when you write down everything that you owe on a piece of paper, here's what happens. All of a sudden, you begin to reveal what can be healed. You know, if you're not willing to admit that, okay, here's an issue here, or here's, here's a blessing here, one or the other, until you put it on paper, then it's like, you're, it's like you're automatic saying, I know there's something out there, but I'm scared to look. And some of you today, some of you, God bless you, you're, you're paying for stuff that you don't even know. You, 10 years ago, you signed up for a magazine uh, request or something, and they've been charging your account $19.95 for seven years, and you've not looked at the magazine one time giving it away and what could you do with $20 a month extra $50 a month some of you hadn't been to a gym in three years and you're still paying for the membership $40 a month giving away what could you do for God's kingdom if you want to give it away why don't you give it to God's kingdom and so putting it down so here's what I here's the thought that I have it's it's on the screen and and, and this is what is so true. Look what it said. Let's just read this together because it's so true. You ready? Come on. Worry goes down when I get my finances off of my mind and onto paper. Look, look at watch, watch this. See, remember that stress I talked about right here? Just getting it off of your mind is going to take your stress level down. Worry will go down. Stress will go down if you just get it off your mind because you're thinking about it all the time. Well, I got to pay this. Am I going to have enough money to pay that? And it's all the time. It's this battle going on. And you're so stressed out about it. You're ill at everybody else. You're, you're fussing and cussing at everybody else because you're stressed out about money because it's all right here. Get it off your mind and put it on paper. Let me just say this to you today. I don't care what age you are. If you're a student here today, I'm talking to you. If you're a college student, I'm talking to you. If you're young married, I'm talking to you. If you're middle-aged, I'm talking to you. If you're senior adult, I'm talking to you. And if you're married here today, listen, you, I have married couples come to me and say, we just, can't, we just can't get on the same page with our finances. You know what I say to that? Show me the page. Show me where you've written it down, where you've written it down. He's spending all the money. She's spending all the money. Show me where you put it on paper and said, here's our agreement as to how much we're going to spend. It's amazing how much the issues can be resolved. Can you tell I'm passionate about this? You know why? Let me just tell you. You know why? Because for years, I would, when Rhonda and I got married, the first 10 years, I would go out and make more money and more money, you know, think, doing these extra jobs and stuff and thinking, okay, we should have plenty of money. Then I would want to go to buy something. She'd say, well, we can't afford that. I'm like, what do you mean we can't afford that? I just went and worked this extra job. I made this extra $500. Well, you know, our insurance come due. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, it comes due every six months and it comes due. We had to pay the insurance. I'm like, heck no, woman, you've been stealing our money. You've taken our money. That's what you're doing. Don't tell me that. And then about that time is when she throws the checkbook. You do it. But I, you see what I'm talking about? For the first 10 years, we lived like that until finally somebody told, 
We had heard it like many of you heard it. You heard it. If you've been in this church, you've heard it. If you've been here like over a year, you probably heard it a couple of times. But I want to tell you, we finally acted on it. And we wrote it down. I never forget the day that she sat down and she wrote it all out. And I give all the credit to her. She wrote down everything we owe. And she said, Jeff, I have it. Let's sit down together. And when we sat down together and we looked at that budget together, I went, oh, my goodness. I could not believe it took that much money to live on, number one. And then number two, you know what happened? Is we got on the same page and we said, okay, we're going to work this out together. And so every month since then, we've had a budget meeting. We meet and we go over the budget. You know why? Because I can't just say, you do it. You take care of that and expect to be happy. No, we both got to know what's going on. We have to own it together. Wow. I know I'm preaching better than your amen. I didn't expect many today. So here's the, here's the next step. Look, it's on your next chart. Look what it says. It says, I will do my best to put my budget on paper and review it monthly. Listen, this will help you. This will help. It's, the number one thing we get through financial peace after people go through financial peace and they do this budgeting process together, the number one thing they say is my, is my, our, my relationships just got better. My relationships with my children, my relationship with my spouse, my relationships just got better. Why? With my friends, because all of a sudden you know what you're going to give them instead of what you're going to loan them. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, lo I don't loan any money to any friends. I do not loan money. If, if it's a need, then if I can give it, they got it. But if I can't give it, they don't get it because I don't want to have to go be the collector. Amen. Right? Calling off, hey, it's, it's the first of the month, and where are you at? You, you can't get them anymore. They don't text you back anymore. They won't email you. They delete you from the list. Can, does that sound like experience to you? Okay. Man, this, so remember, what I'm trying to do today is I'm trying to take the pressure off. Thanksgiving will get better when you do not owe your in-laws money. Amen. And when they do not owe you money. That son-in-law, you can enjoy Thanksgiving when that son-in-law is right there and he owes you, you know, about $1,000. They had paid you in, in six years. He said he's going to pay you hadn't. You think, well, that's, they, think, they think you forgot it. No, if they owe you, you haven't forgotten nothing. Okay, move on. Number two, you ready? Number two is save for the future. Save for the future. Proverbs 20 and, uh, 21 and 20 again Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on, let's read it together. The wise man saves for the future. Notice that. A wise person. But the foolish man or person spends whatever they get. Whatever they get. Living on, living on more than we make is part of our culture today. It's living on more. Listen, because credit is so easy. We don't just, our culture does not just live on what we make because credit is so easy. We live, we, we live on uh, credit cards and things like that. So we're living on more than we make. And when we do that, it puts great stress on us, right? Would you agree? I don't know about you, but when I got a, a huge financial load on me that I feel like I can't meet my obligations, I am a very ill pill to be around. And a lot of people are stressed out and a lot of road rage and everything that we see, a lot of murder, a lot of, a lot of uh, abuse and everything, a lot of it is because people are just stressed out because of finances. And they do things they would not normally do. Having debt increases our stress. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs again. The wisest man ever lived, Proverbs 13, 11. 
Money that comes easily disappears how? Amen. You praying for the lottery. God said that'd be the curse on your life. If you can't handle what you've already got, then what makes you think you're going to be able to handle more? It would ruin your life, wreck you. Most people that win the lottery within five years are in worse financial shape than they ever thought about being before. And so we have to be careful. So we get, just praying God let me win the lottery is not a, it's not a strategy of success. He goes on to say this. Look at this. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Money that is gathered little by little will, it will grow. It will grow. Here's what I want to tell you. Learn to pay yourself before you pay your bills. Now, that might sound crazy because you're like, you know, I got to pay my bills. Yes, you do. But learn how to pay yourself first. Now, let me tell you the secret of this, all right? I'm gonna, what I'm about to tell you is revolutionary. It will change your life, and you can do it. Rhonda and I went through financial peace, and we got out of debt, everything except for our house. We got out of debt. It, it was a lot of work. It was, we determined to do it, and we did it. And, uh, and so we did that. But what we found out was it was easier to pay stuff off than it was to save money. It was hard to save money because once you got everything paid for, oh, I got this extra money now, I can go do this. Well, we found ourselves starting to go back to some old habits. So we had to set up a system because, listen, we're just not that disciplined. What I want to tell you is that, listen, right now, if I were to come to you and I would say, okay, listen, or your employer come to you and say, you're not going to have, uh, we're going to cut your salary by $20 a week. I guarantee you nobody in this room would starve to death. Nobody. If, we, if, if your salary was cut by $20 a week, I guarantee you that you would not go hungry. I guarantee you that you would get to work. I guarantee you that you would have clothes to wear. I guarantee your kids would have everything they need if your salary was cut by $20 a week. So what Rhonda and I decided to do was that then we got used to paying this money to pay off bills. We said, okay, we've got to automate what's important to us. Our future is very important to us. Because I'm going to tell you something. You know, just in a few years, she and I are going to take some nice trips. Because we've been living like nobody else so that in the end, we can live like nobody else. They're going to say, well, that pastor, boy, he goes on some great trips. Oh, yes, he has. He's been saving his whole life. That's what I want to say about you too, right? I want people going to talk about him. Let's just give him something to talk about, right? Post it on Facebook. Oh, I'm in, I'm in the Bahamas and the Bahamas this year. Next year, I'll be in Alaska somewhere. You know, you see what I'm talking about? Just let them talk about all it. Never mind. Are you tracking with me? Does this make any sense? So the way you save, how do you save? Here's how do you. We had to set up a separate savings account like at a credit union, not at our same bank. We set up at a savings account and we had, our, we had a certain amount of money automated from our account every week that went into that savings account. When you do not see it there, you will not be tempted to spend it. So right now, here's, here's how you save. It's little by little. It's amazing how $20, $30 a week will add up over time. If you just have it taken right out, right out, right out. Now, let me just tell you something. Listen, December 25th is coming. You know what that is? Does anybody know what happens at December 25th? It's Christmas, right? You know what's going to happen here in about three weeks? Some people are going to wake up and go, oh, crud, it's Christmas time. I got to buy gifts. 
And what they're going to do is they're going to go to ring up thousands of dollars on, on credit and then try to pay for it all the rest of the next year and repeat the cycle over again and never get out from under that stress. Remember this right here? Never get out from under that. I'm telling you today, if you leave today and you will go to open you up another account, a savings account, and only if, it doesn't, if you only put $10 a week in there and start you a savings account, my friend, you will be surprised as how it will grow. You automate what's important to you. I can't overemphasize that enough. It's amazing to me that Rhonda's grandmother, who, um, who lived a very humble life, Matter of fact, she, she uh, worked in the, uh, the cotton mills when she, after she didn't have a job until she was about in her late 40s. And she started working in a little cotton mill there, probably making about $1.75 an hour when she started, if that much. It's amazing to me that when she passed away at 90 years of age, what an inheritance she had for her children. Very, very, very humble. I mean, like, very, very humble lady. But all of a sudden, she had over $100,000 that she had saved through all those years and lived. You never know that she had, you know, she never had any financial issues. And she had done that on those, that very humble income because she learned the secret of putting a little bit away over years adds up to great value. And so that's what I want to challenge you to do today. So to help you out with this, I want, to, I want to introduce you to somebody that's smarter, a lot smarter than me, but has trained me to this and helped me to help me get better. And here's the guy's name is Dave Ramsey. This Tuesday evening, we're going to uh, live stream a conference that he's doing at 8 o'clock here uh, on Tuesday evening. We're having to do it at that time because it's live in Texas, so they're starting an hour uh, at 7 o'clock. You know, it's an hour difference there. So we, well, I want to encourage you, listen, if you want help in this and you want more strategy, then this is the first step is to go ahead and do that. So on the back of your connection card, if you want to be a part of that, just check it right here. It says, sign me up for Dave Ramsey Smart Money. We want to challenge you to do it. It's free. It will not cost you anything but your time. And you may learn something that will help you. Okay, number three is this. Number three is give 10% back to God. Give 10% back to God. This is a principle that we call the tithing principle. This is not my idea. I did not think this up. This is God's idea. And he started it a long time ago. From the a matter of fact, you can go back into Genesis and find this principle. It's all through the Bible. It's a principle of tithing. It's giving 10% back to God. And again, the proverb writer, the smartest man who ever lived, put it up. Look what he says. In Proverbs 3 and 9, he says this. Would you read those first three words with me? Ready? Come on. Honor the Lord. Notice that, notice that, honor the Lord. He said, whatever you're about to, he's about to say, honors the Lord. He says, honor the Lord by giving him the last part. Is that what he says? What does he say? Give him the what? Give him the first part of your, all your income and he will fill your barns to overflow. In other words, the Bible says that when you give God the first part of your income, he's going to make sure that you have what you need. The Bible, the proverb writer. Now, I've talked about this many, many times in my church. Now, let me just tell you something. I am not putting any pressure on you. If, if, as soon as I brought that up, if you all of a sudden say, oh, no, here comes the guilt talk. No, sir, not at all. Not today. I'm telling you this because I love you because this is a part of is something that Rhonda and I would tell you that we practiced uh, before we got married and we've always practiced it. And today, as the pastor of this church, 
I am a tither and a person who gives an offering to this church, so I, I give well over 10% of my income back to the church. Why? Because the Bible says I should be a tither. And how in the world can I sit up here and tell you to do something that I'm not doing myself? You see, there's, you might meet a pastor and say, well, my time is my tithe. That person is lying. Your tithe is not your time. Your tithe is your money, and that's what he's talking about. Here's what I want to tell you. Many people have said to me, you know what? Well, I'm going to, I, I want to give God, I want to give to God, but they, they try to give God what's left over. When you give to God last, you will never have any left over. Why? Because when you give it to him first, he blesses all the rest of it, and then you'll have some left over. You, never, you will never have enough left over to give to God. It's amazing, but when you give to God first, you have plenty left over. And we, many of us in this church have discovered that. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, He says, but seek what? First, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? God's the one that adds to you. If you say, Jeff, what's been, a, what's been a part of your life that's helped you be successful? God's blessing. Whatever you put God first in, he blesses. If you put God first in, in, in your math class, God will bless your math class. If you put God first in college, God will bless your college career. If you put God first in your business, God will bless your business. If you put God first in your marriage, God will bless your marriage. If you put God first in your finances, God will bless your finances. Whatever area you put God first in, he shows up and he shows out. And so what do you, my question to you today is what do you need God's blessing in? What is, whatever, and, and so listen, God knows I love you so much. I wouldn't talk to you like this if I didn't love you. I love you. I want you to get better. I prayed for you last night. Go up. God, help them go up. Watch this. You see, there's so many people sitting in this room today. You hear all this talk week in and week out, and you don't understand it because you're sitting on this side. And until you dive in, until you put God first in an area in your life, you'll never know why. Why, would, why should you do it? You'll never know the why until you do it. It's like chocolate cake. I can tell you how good it is all day long, but baby, until you pick up the fork and you, you cut that slice and you put it in your mouth, you're never going to know, right? Remember trying to get you, try, your parents trying to get you to try different foods. They're like, oh, you like it. Mm, mm, mm. You know, your kids, uh-uh. But once they try it, then it's like, ooh, chocolate cake. I'm, mm, I'm in on this. And it's that way. Okay. Let me tell you this, um, this uh, story that happened here that, a guy is actually in my connect group now. He's one of our uh, small businessmen of our church. He came to church several years ago. Pro I remember it's probably been about six or seven years ago. He sat in the back and, and he said, I'll just tell you something, Jeff. He said, I thought all churches just wanted my money. That's all they wanted. He said, but one Sunday you got up and you taught about tithing like I'm doing today. He said, you know, and you said, try it. He said, you did something called the tithe challenge. He said, and I told my, me and my wife looked at each other and said, okay, we're going to try this. And he said, I, he said, if you were to ask me today what has helped me in my business over the last seven years more than anything else, he said, I would tell you the principle of tithing. He said, as soon as we begin to tithe uh, on our business and what God had blessed us with, my business has, I've never looked back. He said, it's the greatest thing financially that's ever, anybody ever taught me. That's why I teach you, because there's nothing like the blessing of God. And I want you to have it.
And so let, let me tell you this, uh, Luke 16, what Jesus said. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with what? True riches. Okay, let me tell you what that is. True riches is God's blessings. And God says that money really is a test to see if you can be trusted with his blessings. That's what it, Jesus said that. It's really a test to see if you can be trusted with his riches. Now, one of the guys that um, uh, I read about, uh, J.D. Rockefeller. J.D. Rockefeller was one of the, the wealthiest uh, men this country has ever known in the early 1900s. He was in the oil uh, business. Actually, he started the refining business. And he was, he was worth, they said his estimated worth would be about $400 billion today. Be the wealthiest man who ever lived. And this was his philosophy when asked, how do you do it? This is what he said. He said, the, what I've learned to do is this. I've learned to give my first 10% back to God. I've learned to give, I've learned to live, uh, learned to pay myself 10%, and I've learned to live on 80%. And so you know what? J.D. Rockefeller gave us what we call the 10-10-80 plan for living. He said, I, I give my first 10% back to God. I, get, I live on, uh, I pay myself 10%, and then I live on the other 80%. That is called the 10-10-80 plan. And so today I want to encourage you today to have a plan. I don't know what your plan is going to be. And listen, I'm not here to force you into anything. I'm just telling you what, what God says and what's worked for us and works work for many other people to help you. So I have on the back of your connection card, if you want to take this journey of tithing, I'd like to pray with you. Uh, I've done this thousands of times with people uh, over the years. And I just want you to take this journey with you to pray for you because I know the devil is going to test you and tempt you because he'll do anything to keep you from being blessed. And so here on the back of your connection card, it says, I will begin to put God first by giving 10% back to God through my church. And that's what God's plan is. God, that's why you give to God. You give it through your church. And let me just say this to you. Look, our church is run through the tithes and offerings. We don't get grants. You know, the government doesn't, co government doesn't come in here and say, hey, I tell you what, we're going to give you $100,000 uh, this month. It doesn't happen that way. We don't get any grants, we don't get any, the way our churches operate is on tithe and offering. So that's why, and the great news is this, is that we don't have to do chicken dinners every night. You know what I'm talking about. Remember the old school church, they had to do a chicken, had to do a chicken dinner every week to pay for the lights to be on in the church. We don't do bingo. We don't have kids running up down the hallway with cookies trying to sell you cookies. Aren't you glad about that? We stopped that a long time ago. You know why? Because we said, you know what? God has one way for funding his church, and it's called through tithe and offerings. That's how he funds his church. And, and listen, we had a daycare. We shut down. You know why? Because we were trying to fund God's church through that daycare, and it, the church never would grow as long as we were trying to do it for God. Finally, we said, you know what? This isn't working anymore. God's called us to be a church. We shut the daycare down, and guess what? All of a sudden, the church grew. We're, we're almost double the size, if not three times the size we were. We shut that down, and our finances went up. Why? Because God said, there's one way to fund my kingdom. is through tithe and offering. And that's the way it's always been. Okay. Number four. Would you write this down? Number four is enjoy what you already have. Enjoy what you already have. It's a principle of commitment, uh, contentment, I should say. Again, the wisest man ever lived, Proverbs 21, 17, says this. Indulging in luxuries, wine, and rich food, would you read what's underlined with me? You ready to go? Let's read it together. Here we go. Will never make you, will never make you wealthy. In other words, it won't make you happy. Listen, 
And let me just say this. If that would make you happy, then all the wealthy people would be the most happiest people in the world, and they're the most miserable people, it seems like, many times. It makes you miserable. Look what Isaiah 55 and 2 says. Why spend money on what does not what? What doesn't satisfy? What doesn't satisfy? The main reason that people get into debt is because they think that's going to make them happy. They think things will make them happy. Let me tell you something. Things will never make you happy. You know why? Because things get old, don't they? They wear out. We get bored with things, don't we? I mean, shoot, I've had motorcycles, boats. I've had it all because I thought the whole, this is going to be great. But I can tell you that none of that made me happy because they get old, you get bored with them. You get bored with things. Now, let me just say this to you. There is nothing wrong with nice things. I, I'm going to have nice things. I want you to have nice things. I love it when I see you riding up in new cars. I'm like, hallelujah. God bless them, you know. Amen. As long as things don't break you, it's good. It's great to have things. You know, as long as you're not having to rob God to pay for those things and you don't have to rob from your family and you don't have to work six jobs to pay for them, then hallelujah, things are great. And, and you can tell everybody the reason you got that is because God has blessed you. Amen? Don't go around telling them, don't go apologizing for God's blessings in your life. Did you hear? Let me, let me just talk to you just a minute. Can I, can I, can I be honest? Listen. When God blesses you and you've done everything God said, don't you apologize for that new car you drive it. Well, you know, I found this deal here and this woman's getting old and wore out. No, no, no. Don't you say that all. You say, God has blessed me. Amen. I used to walk in, uh, walk into church, you know, and, and uh, uh, when I was in Tacoa, Georgia as a student pastor, I had a first time I ever owned a suit, it was second suit I'd owned. I got a new suit and I made a whole $17,000 a year for me and Ron to live on. Now I was rich. Oh, I thought, this guy said, oh, I'm, oh, I'd love to have that preacher's money you got. I can afford me one of these new suits. And I had, I went into a whole lot. Oh man, I, this was on sale. I went on a trip with the ladies and they gave me an extra. And I went to trying to explain how I got that suit. You know what I wish I could do right now is go look that person in the eye and say, let me tell you something. God has blessed me. Amen. God has blessed me. I've done, I've done what God's asked me to do. I put him first and he's blessed me. I will never apologize for what, I, what I'm dressed in, what I drive, what I live in. I will not apologize for God's blessing. If you want to know how he got it, it's God Almighty smiled down on him and gave it to him. Amen. You see, you see, here's it. Too many times we're paying for what we should be praying for. <laughs> it's just amazing to me. It's, I know this is better than you thought it was going to be. Matthew 5 and 6, look at the Bible says, Jesus says this, Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what who? Good God requires. Look what happened. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. God will satisfy them fully. Things will never satisfy, but God will satisfy. You know what happens? You know what happens? You get under the blessing of God. All of a sudden, things become a little less important to you, and giving comes a little bit more important to you because you like seeing other people get blessed. You see, it's amazing how that happens. You know why? Because you start getting the Spirit of God on you, right? That's what God, God loves blessing the socks off you. You know that. 
God, he loves blessing you. He wants to bless you. Matter of fact, he's ble- every one of you right now has been blessed. You know why? You walked into this building. And you know what? I'm looking at, I'm looking at multi-millionaires right here, right in front of me. Every, I don't see anybody here whose net worth is under $2 million right now. You say, how can you say that, Pastor? I'll tell you how. Because let me tell you something. Would you take $2 million for your eyes? Would you take $2 million for your legs right now? If somebody just come and cut your legs off. I guess you've got a net worth of over, well over millions of dollars, right? Because you're more valuable than that. I better stop. I'm going on now. I'm preaching now. Satisfaction comes when you give your life to Christ. You never, you can fight it all. You're going to be miserable as long until you do that, until you say, okay, I got to get this right. When you finally fully commit your life fully to Christ, then that's when satisfaction comes. It will not ever come. You're never going to understand it. You're going to try to stand on the outside and say, well, this just don't make sense. This don't make sense. It doesn't make sense, friend. You get in with God and it just begins to happen. And so today I want to challenge you to become a Christ follower. If you're not, I mean, serious deal is, and, and, and there's a prayer inside of our program that you can pray that will help you do that. And just check it on the back of your connection card. The last thing I want to say is this, is contentment comes. If you're a believer already, you can be content when you learn to give God thanks for all that he's already given to you. You know what? You can rejoice when other people are being blessed and, and you feel like you're struggling when you realize that God has already blessed me. And contentment comes when you begin to express thanks to God for that. And here's what I learned. I'll take the peace of God over things any day of the week. It's the peace of God. And that's what God wants you to You say, God, thank you. You get up in the morning and say, God, thank you. This old body might have been rickety and rackety when I was getting out of bed. You know what I'm talking about. Get a little bit of stained bones start popping, don't they? And you take you, you got to stretch a minute when you get out. You can't just, you remember you used to jump out of the bed, some of you just jump out of the bed and go, not anymore, do you? You got to ease out. <laughs> ease out now. You got to ease out. You got to say, okay, come on now, we can do this. You get out, stretch out a little bit, and you know what? And all of a sudden, you, you begin to move. I want to tell you, you say, God, thank you that I can move. God, thank you that I can breathe, oh God. Thank you that I have my health. Thank you, God, that, that Lord, I got my family. Thank you, God, that you provided me with a home. Thank you, God, that I got a car to drive. Thank you, Lord, I got gas in my car. Thank you, God, I've got, you have blessed me, Lord. I, I don't have time to think about what everybody else has got. God, you have blessed me. Bless me. Would you stand with me now? I want to pray for you. And this is what I'm going to pray. It's just God bless your socks off. You open your heart up to God. He just bless you. I'm not talking about money coming your way, friend. That, that's the, that, that is the least of blessings. The peace of God is the greatest blessing. Amen? I'm talking about, I'm praying for your children to do good. I'm praying for your parents to do good. I'm praying for your marriages to do good. I'm praying that this holiday season we're about to enter will be the best that you've ever had because of God's blessing. That's what I'm talking about. Let me pray. Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus, I thank you for who you are and what you've done and what you're doing. And God, you're moving in Stockbridge community. God, your favor is on our church and we we see it, we recognize it. You are among us, oh God, and your favor is moving in in our direction, oh God. 
And Lord, we want to be obedient and we want to walk in your blessings, oh God. We want to walk in your favor. So today, God, I pray you will bless your people as they put you first in every, every area of their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.